Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. Number three is not using current materials in tile work. I tell you what, I am not a fan of some of the old school methods compared to new school methods. We have come a long way in the last decade on waterproofing in bathroom areas. There is no reason these days to ever use a, like they do in California and other states, pop mop with tar in that. There's really not a reason anymore to have to sit there and do a custom mud pan with a liner. There are plenty of waterproof and vapor-proof systems out there that will work great to back up tile in a shower or a floor system. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today in the second hour of the show. Now we're going to talk about our top 10 mistakes to avoid in a bathroom model in 2023. These are those mistakes that you don't want to make that could be 100% avoided if you just follow this list. Before we get to that, hey, make sure you follow us over at Around the House online.com that's the website and there's links to all of our podcast our social media pages and make sure on facebook that you follow us there as well as around the house nation around the house nation is that closed group for you to share up that project that maybe you're stuck on or the one you just completed i want to see your projects that you got done and see what you can do and uh, you'll have a lot of friends over there give you a pat on the back it's fun to see those projects. So uh, I challenge you, what's the last project you work on? Put it up on Around the House Nation on Facebook. Well, the top 10 mistakes to avoid in the bathroom model here in 2023. Number one, the first one we're going to start with, not installing that vent fan that's sized for the room that completely exits to the exterior. Vent fans are going to be the number one thing that you should be paying attention to outside of water in that bathroom. Ventilation is key, and I'm not talking a window. In most states, I say most, that is required to have the right size vent fan in there. There are a few states that say if you have a a window, but guess what? If you don't have a vent fan and you have a shower in there, I can promise you that's the fast track to a moldy room and one that's going to be nasty smelling. So if you want to keep that clean and healthy for everybody, the right size fan. Now, I like to put in a large fan for a bathroom, you know, a hundred plus CFM, even for small ones. I oversize my fans to what I do, but here's the key with this. You have to have makeup air to do that. So think about it. Think of that bathroom that you have. If you put a hundred CFM fan, now that fan probably is not getting a full hundred CFM. It's probably only getting 80 if you measured it. 
because the way they measure fans, because you've got some duct work and it's going outside and all those little details. Let's say it's moving 80. 80 CFM is 80 basketballs of air in a minute. Give you an idea. So you have to have as much space under the door or as a vent from another room to come in to make up that air. So it gets it. You don't want to create a vacuum inside this space. So make sure you've got enough space under the door. And if you can't there, make sure you've got some air coming in from another space that's conditioned uh, in my master bathroom. That is one of those things that I'm going to do. And let's, let's take a side note here. Master bathroom. I caught some grief on this one the other day on a, on a social media post that I was involved in. Master bathroom is still a term. You can call it the owner's suite. You can call it whatever you want. But master bathroom has zero to do with slavery. Master bathroom has everything to do with in the 1910, 1911, Sears using it in a description for the first time in one of their catalogs. It is no different than using master electrician, master plumber, master's degree. It is the expert of the home. It has nothing to do with slavery. So there's nothing wrong with using master bathroom out there. And if that triggers you, I'm sorry, but guess what? That's not what it's about. And let's not change meanings of words to in something that they're not. There is no proof ever because there can't be because it was never used for that. That was used as a marketing term by Sears in the teens. Well after that. All right, back off my soapbox, making sure that ventilation in my room, I have a problem because I have a, this is something to, to learn from. I have a problem in my space because I have uh, heated tile floors and I'm pulling in so much air underneath that door. I need to help resolve that. It's actually cooling part of that floor, hyper cooling that floor from the airflow coming over it. So I am going to uh, put another duct for intake air in to help bring fresh air into that space that's conditioned so I'm not pulling it all underneath the door into that room. So just think about that. Make sure you have that going. Make sure you get a good one. Uh, There are a couple great brands out there. Get the best one. Don't get the cheap builder $35 one. Get something that's quiet, something that's going to work. And uh, there is a little trick here too. If you're putting one in, you're doing a remodel. Bro Newtone makes a really great one now that has, you know, because like right now, for instance, I've got a Nice Panasonic fan, full disclosure. The problem is I couldn't, without tearing out a whole bunch of drywall, I couldn't get that multi-speed fan in there where I could control the fan, the light, and all the other controls on it. So mine is light fan only. I don't have all the controls that I like with that. So I'm going to actually swap mine out here with this Bro Newtone one because it has a controller that uses Bluetooth. So you just wire it so the fan's always on. And where the switch is, you put in this controller that runs off batteries, and it uh, doesn't take much to do this, but you basically can control it from that. You can run everything through it. You have all the controls without having to worry about running the extra wires up there to do that. So that's what's pretty cool. that You can get away with that and not have to run all those different wires up there. All right, number two on this list. Let's get on not hiring the right pro for the job. This is licensed, bonded, insured. I tell you what. Bathrooms these days are a tough one. And if you've seen the uh, the problems we had with the Colorado contractor and many others out there hiring an unlicensed bond insured contractor. And uh, always be careful. I like to see 
the projects they've done. Here's where referrals get interesting, and this is going to be one of those pet peeves of mine, especially with bathrooms. I have seen more than once where referrals will either be their friends or referrals. People will feel guilty and give a better referral than what actually happened. So I like to see referrals that are friends that had a wonderful experience. Hey, this person did mine. They were amazing. That is an invaluable tool. I have one contractor that I've worked with here in the Portland area, REF Construction Forever. He gets almost all of his stuff from referrals, and uh, he gets it from people I know of, well, people I work with over at the TV station that they have done, had him do six, eight, ten projects in their home because they're family. That's the people you want to find. Stay away from uh, hiring those people off of, uh, you know, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and the worst offender next door. I have not seen good experiences with finding plenty of illegal unlicensed contractors over there on those platforms. That is a hunting ground for those people. So make sure that they are licensed, bonded, insured, so you are not uh, caught up in that mess. And in a bathroom, that can mean you spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on materials and having to put it all back in the dumpster, pay to have it hauled off, and somebody coming back to do that project over. All right, when we come back, we have got so many on this list today. Much different. Those were kind of similar to the ones in the kitchen model in the previous segment. Now we're going to start getting into some of the details that are very bathroom specific that are going to be uh, very important because, you know, bathrooms, you have different kitchen. You've got uh, design issues. You've got appliances. Bathroom, you've got power, water, all playing in the same room. And we want those things to play nicely. So we'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. And Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Hopefully, all while having a good time here. So thanks for joining us today. We've been talking about the top 10 mistakes to avoid in the bathroom model in 2023. And we just talked about not installing proper ventilation and not hiring the right pro for the job. Now, here's a controversial one that I know is going to get some of the old timers mad, but let's just be honest. This is the way the industry is going. Not using, number three, is not using current materials and tile work. I tell you what, I am not a fan of some of the old school methods compared to new school methods. We have come a long way in the last decade on waterproofing in bathroom areas. There is no reason these days to ever use a, like they do in California and other states, hot mop with tar in that. 
there's really not a reason anymore to have to sit there and do a custom mud pan with a liner. There are plenty of waterproof and vapor-proof systems out there that will work great to back up tile in a shower or a floor system. And I'll be honest, here's my pet peeve, and I'm sure there's going to be people that want to argue with me on it, and I'm okay with that because I stand behind this. If I walk in and see somebody installing green board tile behind that drywall, that drywall behind tile, you got the wrong person on the job site. Seriously. There is nobody there that I want to have on the job site that's doing that. Green board should not be behind tile in any kind of a damn situation. Green board is a water-resistant drywall. It is not meant to hang tile on because the problem is, is tile is heavy. Tile is not waterproof. Most grout is not waterproof. And so you have to depend on the, the area behind it, right, to take care of that. So this is one of those things that I want you to really make sure that you have the right system behind that. So do your research, find out the tile installer in your project, what they're going to be using behind it. I'll be honest, I'm not even a fan of using a hardy backer type stuff below tile anymore on the floor. I have seen too many times hardy backer come apart and cause problems. I've had to replace floor systems that were done where that came apart. So I am much more into using like uh, Ardex, Weedy, Schluter, these systems behind all the tile in the projects. Because in a shower, you can have something that is now guaranteed waterproof with a warranty. And when I did my steam shower, I did the Weedy system with the Vapor 85 that is vapor proof. Because if you look at the details, like on Schluter and some of these other ones, they are waterproof and kind of, kind of vapor proof, but the seams and stuff are not. So if you're doing steam, I like something that is guaranteed not to let that moisture through because steam getting through something is completely different than water. So make sure that you've got something in a steam shower that you're going to be vapor proof. And that is why I don't like using any of the um, hardy boards. Any of those things are not really waterproof. You still got to put a waterproof membrane over them. If you have a tile person that goes into that shower and just puts up tile backer and uh, puts the seam tape on and puts uh, puts a tile on it, again, not a fan. I want to see another vapor barrier up there on that. So Red Guard or any one of the other better solutions out there is the way to go. I perfectly love the, I honestly love the foam systems out there where you put up the board, you know, any one of those things that is the uh, composites. And that to me is a better substrate behind that. And uh, I know there's a lot of old timers out there that love to do the med bed, mud beds, but uh, can't tell you how many of those that I have pulled out. Now I have seen poorly installed foam systems have to get torn out as well. And although they're not 100% perfect, you can get a guarantee on that. So uh, make sure your tile person is using the right materials. And if they're going to get all their stuff off the home center shelves, that is one of the things that makes me get nervous that they're not using it from a tile place instead of using the lower end stuff that you see in a home center. So those are my tips on tile work. 
And that kind of goes into number four as well, which was using drywall on greaseboard behind tile. We talked about that a second ago. Um, I see using drywall as a backsplash. I get it in the kitchen or around a vanity, but uh, make sure that you're using that system behind there. All right, let's go on to number five here because this is a big one here. This is a big one. And this is going to be kind of a part two to this as well. Not adding added electrical for extra plugs, heated tile floors, or a bidet in that process. Traditionally, in an older bathroom, you have maybe one outlet for even two sinks. Everything's sitting there and you've got a problem. So what happens is, is that your pump, you know, somebody puts in the hairdryer, curling iron, off goes the breaker. Make sure if you've got two sinks, I love to see two circuits in there, one for each, GFCI, arc fault, whatever's required by code. Definitely GFCI is a minimum. And make sure you've got those there. If you're going to add a heated towel warmer someday for a luxury bathroom, add a circuit for that. If you're going to add the, boy, if you're going to add a heated tile floor, that's going to take its own circuit. I have done luxury bathrooms where I've added five to six extra circuits, including like in a steam shower, a steam generator, that's a 30 amp circuit. So that's a 30 amp 220 circuit in there. So you can add 50, 60, 80 amps to a bathroom the tile floor, and all the different things you could have. There's medicine cabinets now that have refrigeration in them for your medicine or your high-end makeup. And that's an important one. Now, here's a big one too. And uh, bidet toilet seats. Even if you're not a purveyor of the bidet, make sure that you put in that outlet, that GFC outlet back there behind the toilet so you can add one later. Because i tell you what, there's even if you don't use the bidet function, that heated Toilet seat is pretty comfortable when it's cool outside. And uh, a lot of those now, too, have got the nicer ones have a filtration system in there. So, um, guys, you don't have to go in there. Ladies, stink up that bathroom. It can change your world by having that in there where it's warm and you've got cleaner air. And even some of these new toilets out there, the smart toilets, I've got one coming up on a segment that I'm putting in that is absolutely amazing. That thing has a curtain of air around it, so the stink stays inside the toilet. I mean, this stuff is absolutely crazy. LED lights under the rim. Some of these have uh, LED uh, uh, lights. Actually, some of them have UV lights to help clean the toilet, so it's uh, germ-free when it's done. I mean, come on. How crazy is that? All right, we come back. we got so much more to our top 10 list of uh, mistakes to avoid when you're doing that bathroom just as soon as Around the House returns. This is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking Around the House with Eric G. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. We've been talking today about the top 10 mistakes to avoid in a bathroom remodel in 2023. 
Now, there's a lot of these here that uh, this is just my top 10. And, of course, there's a lot of other things to navigate. But as I always say, a designer can help you get through these as well as friends and family that have maybe done this before. Whether you're doing it yourself or hiring the right pro, there's some things to avoid. Now, if you want any more information about the show, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and you can find us there and comment. So if there's something here that you think I'm uh, wrong on or you disagree with or even you want to add to it, feel free to send a message there. Now, so far, we've been talking about not installing proper ventilation for the bathroom, of course, not hiring the right pro for the job that is licensed, bonded, and insured, not using current materials and tile work, using drywall or green board behind tile, and not adding added electrical for extra plugs in the bathroom or heated floors or a bidet, that extra power. Now, here's one of my pet peeves, and this is one of those things that... um, This happens, uh, especially when people are trying to go on a budget, but sometimes when you go on a budget, if you have to do it twice, it's going to cost you more than doing it once. And this is going cheap on a tub or shower, or even worse, some of those cover-ups where they come in and do the, quote, 24-hour bathroom model and slide the plastic cover in over the top and leave the ugly hideousness behind it. Now, I see a lot of people out there that are going, okay, I'm going to do a little flip on my bathroom. I'm going to leave the 1970s bathtub. I'm going to put in the big, you know, take out the, or actually I'm going to leave. It's probably the better way. I'm going to leave the, you know, mint green tile that's probably in style again around the perimeter of that shower, tub shower. And I'm going to put in one of those plastic kits you get from the home center and glue up on the tile and cover that up. You know, they work a little bit, but to be honest, you're just so much better off long-term because those things don't do a great job of sealing up. They don't do a great job of putting things and keeping it together where water gets behind it. And many times, if you've got like mold and mildew, covering up isn't stopping it. It's still going to keep continuing to rot back there. You've just kind of put lipstick on a pig and aren't going to fix the problem. So it's something to really consider. Now, I'm not a fan of the um, companies that come in and, you know, that you've got your business model. I get it. They come in and do the quick fix 24-hour pre-molded covers that they put over your tub and shower. And again, the same kind of thing. I don't like gluing stuff over the top of that. Um, I've pulled many of them out. And uh, my experience is, is many times people will come do that in a year or two later, They don't like the results and they come back in and now we're tearing it all out. And the, you know, five or $10,000 they spent on that system is now out in the dumpster and they're having to pay for it to be hauled off. So that's never good. Really, when you're doing a project like this, if you're going to put the, a bathtub in, for instance, put in a good quality one, instead of buying the hundred dollar tub, buy the $400 tub, the extra $300 just making up numbers here, but the extra $300 is going to save you because if you have to go spend another five or 10 grand to put another one in, you'll wish you'd spent a little bit more. So that's where the budget makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, as is what you can use for a surround around a bathtub combination like that, tub shower, you can do tile when it's properly done. Uh, there are slab porcelain that looks really well. You can use... Um, Corian or any one of the uh, composites that are thicker, those work great. 
I'm just not a fan of covering up what's there before. And so that's a big one. Make sure you're not using that cheap plastic stuff. It just never goes in right. It never looks great. And uh, all it takes is a kid to lean up against it or bump into the, the, the little soap dispenser that's molded into it. And that super thin plastic's broken. And then plus in a couple years, it ends up looking yellow anyway. And nobody likes that look. All right. Next one up here is a big pet peeve of mine. And it's just as important today as it is any other day, but more so now with our new energy standards that we're seeing on toilets out there, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and we had that 1.6 gallon changeover, none of the toilets were really designed for it. And we had five to 10 years of horrible working toilets. Now that's different. They have created technology and they understand toilets well enough that you can get a 1.3 to one gallon flush that works really well. But however, you just have to buy the right toilet to do it. And I kind of have a general rule when you're purchasing a toilet out there. If you're buying a toilet from a home center that's under $200, it's probably not going to work that well. And here's where it costs you money. If you're paying for water, every time you flush that toilet, that's costing you a few cents. And if you've got a toilet that you have to double flush, or you have to plunge all the time, and you're you're wasting all that water, that extra $100 you could have spent on that toilet makes a big difference and comes back really quickly. Because a poorly working toilet can cost you hundreds of dollars a year in many many areas in the country. So really, putting in the right one is going to be the right way to go. And to me, I like to get something in in the $200 north range to get something decent. You know, the Kohler, the American Standards, the Totos, the DXVs, and the higher end, all those are great toilets. I stay away from the home center in-house brand toilets for a couple of reasons. One, it seems like every two years they've got a new piece and part inside that's different. And getting the repair parts on those can be tough. And I'm just not a fan of that. And so make sure to get one of the name brand ones, and they're probably going to work better. When you get into the nice toilets, they have a larger trapway. The porcelain, you know, the, the shiny part of that, ends up going all the way finished all through the trap. So it's not rough. When it's rough, it likes to grab things. And when it's rough, it tends to clog up easier. I mean, I funny story, and you're going to laugh about this. We have our new toilet here. Uh, if you've got a really good toilet, the stuff that can be flushed down there is crazy. Great example. My my wife was sitting there putting the toilet paper dispenser back together. And she had it in her hand. And as she goes to, to, to change the toilet paper out to put a new roll on there, she hit the flush. Well, she f- dropped one piece of the toilet dispenser. Guess what? That little spring piece and the, the metal tube on the end, the metal tube fell down hit the bowl and sucked right out and off it went. It did not end up in the toilet. It flushed all the way down and guess what? It's on the way to the city sewer. If you had a cheap toilet, that would have got cut up in the inside and most likely you'd have been trying to get that out of there or buy another toilet because many times when you get toys or things like that and they get jammed up in there, you can't get them out easily So it's in a place where you can't get it. So guess what? You end up buying another toilet. So that's really what sometimes this stuff comes down to is having that larger trapway so it goes through. And that makes it a little, that makes a little more sense that way. And that way you get the most out of that toilet. 
Now, here's one of the things that I really worry about when I see remodels done, especially when it's homeowners or you're just trying to stay on a budget. And I've seen plenty of contractors do this as well. Not replacing old plumbing that is PVC, CPVC, or galvanized. Now, the PVC, that's white. I don't think that should be anywhere in your house for any reason on a water supply side. That is just not meant for that. That's great sprinkler pipe. But, uh, you know, I've seen people use the NSF rated stuff for wells on farms. I get it. But there is no reason to use that inside the house. So if that's in there, replace it. CPVC is the yellow PVC pipe that's rated for drinking water and also for hot water. The PVC really get hot water. It comes apart. The yellow stuff gets brittle. And what happens is, is there's been a lot of companies that have gone out of business from class action lawsuits from that stuff being brittle. My last house I had, I could be sitting there watching TV. It could be 60 degrees outside and I could hear a boom in my crawl space. And that was a fitting coming apart for no apparent reason. And now I've got a half inch hose of water filling up my crawl space. We'll talk more about this when we come back just after Around the House Returns. I want to personally thank you for being an Around the House listener. This show is supported by advertisers and listeners like you. I was asked by members of our audience to open up for a way to people say thank you and to help fund future episodes of Around the House. We now have a way to do that, and that's buy me a coffee or a drink. Just look at the episode notes in your podcast player, and you'll find a link to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ATH Eric G. And thanks again for listening to Around the House. to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. We're going to try to help you navigate, like today, this bathroom project, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring somebody to have it done. Well, if you're just joining us, we were talking about not replacing that old plumbing when you're in the middle of that bathroom remodel, whether it's PVC, CPVC, or galvanized. Uh, galvanized pipe, if you've ever had that in a bathroom, As that stuff ages, that half-inch galvanized, it doesn't look any different many times on the outside, but it gets smaller and smaller and smaller on the inside. So many times when you turn on that faucet, like you're filling up the tub, you'll see that rust come out. That's usually failed galvanized pipe. And then what happens is as it fails, it gets smaller. So all of a sudden, you've got a little tiny straw of water coming through and you have no volume. So that's where that really causes problems. So my goal when you do a bathroom remodel is to get in there and replace all that galvanized, even when it's on a waste. I like to get rid of that stuff. You know, cast iron, if it's good, it's great. Uh, but maybe it's a good time to follow and upgrade everything you can that you have access to, especially if you've got things torn apart, whether it's C, uh, you know PVC as a drain or ABS, whatever is in your current code book, make sure you're following that and get it in there because that's just going to leave a better product for you when you're done. And who wants to go open up a wall that you've just finished up because a year or two later, you've got a problem with it. You're just better off going in that. Um, I'm not a big fan. Uh, here's another little pet peeve. 
Push Connect fittings like Shark Bite, I do not use in bathroom projects. I do not put them in the walls. Uh, this is where you sweat pipe and sweat and go to packs. And if you've got copper pipe, you know, I do not like using those fittings on that. Uh, nothing of those Push Connect fittings like Shark Bite should ever be buried in a wall. And I think it's just a, a regular way of doing it. And to be honest, if I see a plumber coming in and using Shark Bike fittings in my house, and they're in doing something where other than just a temporary cap fitting where they're trying to shut it off and turn the water back on so you can use it. Other than that, I don't trust them and uh, test show how they fail before other fittings. Uh, any Anything else, really, they're the first one to fail when you put pressure on them compared to others. So I'm just not a fan of those. And uh, that's one of those things as well that if I see a plumber using it, um, I start to figure that I probably have hired the wrong plumber. I've just had too many problems with them failing. And the problem is, is yeah, they'll give you a new fitting, but uh, nobody wants to step up and pay for the $100,000 of remodel work that has to be done from the flood. And trust me, I have seen this happen many a time when they first came out and uh, plenty of plumbers use them to convert over from CPVC over two packs or something like that when they were the new, the greatest new thing. And guess what? We had to do a remodel completely over on that plumber's insurance, and I felt horrible for him, and they had even installed the fitting correctly. So make sure you get that stuff swapped out and the right fittings put in there. Now, here's another one, number nine. People love to go in and I'm going to put in my beautiful marble bathroom. I'm going to put polished marble on the floors because I want it to look elegant, classy. And the problem is you have now created a skating rink when someone has wet on, you know, water on their feet, Make sure you have the right slip coefficient because the problem is is that uh, look for tiles that are rated for floor and are rated for having water on them. I don't know if you've ever walked on a, a polished tile floor or a polished stone floor and uh, you want a little bit of water. I tell you what, it's like walking on sheet ice and nobody wants that in the bathroom. And these days, to be honest, you can get slab Materials like the large format porcelain pieces that look just like marble. And the beautiful part of that is that they actually have something that is going to be non-slip. So when you walk out of that shower with wet feet, and here's one of the problems. When you have a heated tile floor and you have a shower, for instance, or a bathtub and you step out, if you've got that heated tile floor, you don't want to be using floor mats on it because you can overly heat that area because you're now insulating that. So I don't like using those on a tile floor. So you can't just sit there and put carpets down and expect that that polished floor is going to get you. So making sure that you have the right texture on that floor is key. And when you're out shopping for tile, it's really easy. You can see what that, uh, what that rating is. So you can get the right one and that will keep you from getting hurt. And more importantly, getting somebody else hurt that's in that bathroom. Now here's another one that's important as well. We talked about this in a previous episode here before in the kitchen one, starting that project before the materials have arrived, I tell you what, you need to receive materials, inspect them before you start that project. And here's why. I can't tell you how many times that I've ordered tile. It's come in and whoever the company was, bounced the heck out of this stuff. And there's no way you're going to use half of those tiles. So what I like to do is have the tile come in, walk around, make sure that you've got all the right pieces 
enough of them and they're not broken. I have had boxes of tile broken before, and then you're having a hard time finding die lots all while you're trying to get it installed. No. Make sure you have the shower materials, the shower valves, the trims, the flooring, the tile, vanity, tops, all that stuff lined up before you start this project because those are the ones that uh, get you burned and you don't want to be without a bathroom. So these are the things that you want to make sure you have all the products there and be ready to go because if you're having to scramble, especially when you're trying to match up die lots or something on tile or slabs, if you've got matching slabs going on the walls in the bathroom, you want to make sure you got that stuff dialed in and have that schedule figured out before you start. Great example in my bathroom when we started, we had to do that. It took me about two and a half weeks to do the shower walls. And that's with professionals helping. And that's because we had to machine. I had slab walls and a slab ceiling because it was that um, uh, using the DuPont Corian Endura slab porcelain. Great product. But what we had to do, though, is we had to, to do the back wall and the ceiling as one piece. So we installed the back wall. We slid the ceiling slab in and then had to build a little framing wall to hold it up there for that to dry. Then we had to template the sidewalls and get them in. And so those sidewalls came in and we had to template those and then that got put in. And then we put the tile floor in and then we had to get all that stuff in that way. And then we had to order the shower wall, the whole steam shower door system, that that glass wall system so we could do it. So that was almost a month just trying to get through that process of getting the walls in, then getting in and starting to get in so you could actually deal with that shower door. And then we had to wait for the shower door to show show up. So there's a process you have to follow and you want to make sure and get that followed so you can make sure and meet your schedule and not be waiting around for too much time because you got things out of order. And that's a key. Now, here's some other tips that I've got for you. Just in case you're thinking about that bathroom and you've got some things you're considering. I don't ever do usually wood base trim around there. If I'm doing a tile floor, I do a tile base around the perimeter. That way I can grout the floor, grout the the tile base, and then use a nice silicone color match caulk between those two surfaces because yes, you do want to use caulking anytime you change angles on tile. You never want to caulk that. You want to caulk that. You never want to use grout. But tile base is another little detail that I like to do. Another thing when you're planning on a bathroom, another tip here, because we've hit the things that you don't want to do. Let's hit the things that you might want to consider. Make sure that you've got all the metals matching or no more than two different metals in that bathroom. If you're going with a flat black in your shower, make sure you're using flat black on the on everything else in the bathroom. Or if you're going to go two-tone, like maybe a, a flat black or a polished nickel or a flat black and a brushed gold. Make sure that you're using the same or similar colors because the problem is, is a brush gold from five different companies can be five different colors. So when you pick out those towel bars or you pick out the other stuff, make sure you've got those pieces matched up because you can have those color variations just like we used to see with oil rub bronze. Oil rub bronze used to have some horrible colors. You'd have one that was brown, one was black, one where they had this orange coming through, one was copper. And you'd have five different colors in there. So you want this to match really, really well. When it all comes together, that's where those pieces come together really well. So have those pieces matched, the handles to the faucets, to the uh, 
towel bars and that kind of thing. Make sure those things all come together and it will give you a more cohesive look. And then, of course, making sure that the the paint colors, you know, paint colors in the bathroom is the place where you can. It's not fun painting a bathroom, but you can go through and let that be your color change if you pick some more neutral stuff. And that way, every few years, you can mix it up a little bit with towels and some paint color to make it look good. All right, everybody. Show's over. As always, thanks for listening to Around the House. Anywhere beyond the me Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.